Hello again, fight fans. Welcome to episode 232 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Ring Magazine, RingTV.com, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel. Great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to have the Barriettes Twins on the show, Angel and Chavez. These guys just turned 18. Uh, PBC just picked them up. Very good amateurs for the American amateur system. Going to be fun to watch these guys develop as professionals. And, of course, news, notes, review, preview, what we always do here on the show. We'll have the recap posted over on ringtv.com. That will include some of your quotes. You guys uh, who call in and like to talk about the fights and chop it up, we'll put some of your quotes on there, and we'll have some timestamps. So, as always, I remind you guys, get over to all the platforms, wherever you're watching, listening. Make sure that you are following that you leave a review, a rating, all of that. If you would like to watch the video live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the Ring Digital YouTube channel. Make sure you click that notification bell because YouTube, Google likes to do this funny stuff where they unsubscribe you and they don't let you know when a video is being posted. Click that notification bell so you know exactly the moment when we go live for TNC. If you're listening to the audio version, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever, iHeartRadio, there's a million of these damn pl- platforms I can't keep up. Make sure you're subscribed, man. Drop a rating, drop a review. Uh, those things help me out tremendously. But the best thing you guys could do is just listen, watch, and share the show, man. Uh, you know, Tell your boxing friends, your fellow boxing degenerates about the show, and make sure that you're checking us out on all the platforms, man. It's important you guys get over to ringtv.com and click on that recap. Just check out that recap. Again, check out the caller quotes. Check out quotes from the guests and everything we talked about. There's timestamps there if you want to skip to a specific part of the video. So make sure you guys are doing that, okay? Um, let's see. Also, I want to thank John Uden, who uh, uh, got over on Patreon to contribute and uh, help us out. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters and all my supporters over on the Montero Unboxing YouTube channel, not just here on Ring Digital. And also, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Pietro. I'm wearing one of his shirts. Guys, PS shirts, PST shirts, makes awesome shirts. I've worn a few of them on the show. I'm going to stand up for a second. Apologies to the audio listeners because you can't see me. But check out this Arturo Gotti T-shirt. This thing is dope. Look at this. Oh, that is sick. Look at that. I got a few of Pietro's shirts, and uh, this one is my favorite. This is my favorite design. Pietro, I know you're on the chat, so go ahead and let everybody know where they can get these T-shirts. But uh, awesome stuff, guys. Make sure you check out Pietro and his stuff. Okay, so we're going to have uh, Angel and Chavez Barrientes on the show in probably about 15 minutes or so. They can't stay long. They have their medicals that they got to do today. But let's just jump into some quick news and notes before they get on here. Okay, guys. Reminder, this is TNC 232 for the week of August 15th. And we have toll-free numbers in the USA and the UK. In the USA, it's 213-267-7787. In the UK, it's 02081-036051. Okay. I want to talk real quick about ratings. I know everyone's favorite subject. Now, look, I'm not a ratings bro. I kind of just started calling, you know, the guys on Twitter and it's, it's, it's YouTube, it's everywhere, but specifically boxing Twitter that endlessly talk about ratings. I call them the ratings bros. They're, they're all over the place and there's ratings bros. There's 
matchmaker bros, there's uh, schedule bros, there's purse split bros, and that's just what I call them, right? Because it's all bro science. These guys have no idea what the hell they're talking about, but they like to pretend that they do. So the best word to describe them is fanagers. But in this specific incident, I want to talk to the ratings bros. Because the Leo Williams show on uh, PBC on Showtime a couple weeks back peaked at just over 200,000 viewers. Now, not the best rating in the world, but considering where we're at, considering that uh, Showtime's a premium cable network and those aren't household names, considering all the intangibles, it's not the worst rating in the world, but it's not a very good rating. And all the ratings bros that were pounding the shit out of top rank week after week, actually it was several times a week because they were doing two or three cards a week, during the month of June and July have suddenly disappeared because this show peaked at just over 200,000 viewers. The, the best shows in that top rank summer series, at least the first wave of it, I think peaked at just over 600,000. One might have been like 650, something like that. And I get it. ESPN is like in three times more homes than, than Showtime. So this all balances out. Okay, but what I don't like is inconsistency from people and all the ratings bros have suddenly disappeared. The schedule bros have disappeared, too. I'll get to that in a second. But I'm curious where the ratings bros went to because they were all over it when it came to the top ranked series. Now that the PBC on Showtime broadcast didn't necessarily have kick ass ratings, they disappeared. It's funny how that works. All I ask for. A little consistency. That's all. That's all I ask for. And when I see inconsistency, I call it out. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, ratings are down across the board on all sports. I've tweeted about this a few times in the past week or so. Uh, The ratings in the NBA are terrible, terrible right now. Now, I think there's several reasons for that. But the NBA ratings have just been down for the last two decades, really, from the NBA's prime years in the 80s and 90s. But NBA ratings are down. Major League Baseball ratings are down. It's across the board. It's not just in boxing. But Matchroom's return cards haven't exactly done well. Uh, uh, Frank Warren's stuff on BT Sport has been really, really poor. So the ratings are down across the board on all platforms in all sports. I don't know what that means. I don't know if people, because they were without sports for a few months there, started to actually talk to their family members again and do things and go outside and play with their kids and play with their dogs. I don't know, go for walks and stuff. But it seems people are watching less sports, at least right now. Will this trend continue or will it get back to normal eventually, especially during the winter months where, you know, half of the United States can't go outside as much? I think the ratings are going to kind of creep back up and go back to normal. But for right now, the people that were just beating the shit out of top rank mercilessly for a month or two completely disappeared. Now that we've seen ratings from uh, Matchroom, uh, we've seen stuff on what Sky, BT Sport you know, over in the UK, and then we have ratings numbers for PBC on Showtime. Gone are the ratings, bros. Okay, uh, let's move on. FA Ajagba, undefeated heavyweight prospect, signs with top rank. I think this is a good move for Ajagba. And I think it's a smart pickup by top rank. They've put together a nice little heavyweight stable. They've got some prospects. They've got some gatekeepers, uh, some fringe contender level guys. And then, of course, the champion right now, Tyson Fury. So they've got a good stable of heavyweights. They also you know, signed a performance-enhancing drugs cheat. But I don't think he'll be back with top rank anytime soon. 
But I think this will help Ajagba develop and improve. I think it'd be smart. You know, top rank obviously wants to keep that O if they can because everything's about the O these days. So they're probably going to get Ajagba in there against different styles, develop him, build him up a little bit. And trust me, if there's something really, truly there to Ajagba to work with, top rank will discover it. They are the best in the business at discovering young talent and developing prospects. It's not that other promoters don't do a good job. Top Rank's just the best at it. They've been doing it for a long time. The track record speaks for itself. So if you're a young prospect looking to develop, Top Rank's a good place to go. And I think uh, the Ajagba signing's interesting. Buzzkill, Jorge Linares, test positive for COVID-19. He got the Rona. And he is out of that fight that he had scheduled against Javier Fortuna later this month. That sucks because I was looking forward to that fight. I truly, truly was. I thought that was going to be a fun fight, man. Uh, but, oh, I see you. Marquise Johns is on the chat. He says, I'm screaming a Jogba Harper, too. I need to make this a thing. Guys, do you remember when Curtis Harper was supposed to fight F.A. Jogba? And right before the fight, he just left the ring and just the fight never happened. That was the easiest payday for a Jogba ever. But what that was just a strange broadcast. Like, that made some mainstream news because it was so weird, you know. Was Marquise, was that in Florida? I'm trying to think because if that fight – I know Harper is from Florida, I do believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if that fight took place in Florida, that would be perfect because the weirdest shit happens in Florida. Florida is the king of weird news. But I, I can't remember if that fight happened in Florida or not. But memory seems to tell me um, that – oh, is that the armory, he says. Okay, I, yeah, man, I – is Curtis Harper from, from Florida, though? Because then this would come full circle and my Florida theory would work. But I actually, like, I, I saw Curtis fight Chris Ariola in, uh, in California, and they put on a fun fight. I mean, it was, you know, just a fun heavyweight scrap. And I kind of became a fan of Curtis Harper at that point. But after that mess with the Jogba, dude, how could you defend that? <laughs> that was just crazy. Let me, let me look it up because now it's going to bother me. I'm going to just type real quick, guys. Bear with me. This is the cool part about uh, having a live show is I can answer my own questions right here if I click over uh, to the internet. Yes, Curtis Harper is from Jacksonville, Florida. Ta-da, I was right. I knew it. That is why he did that. Yes, Florida, I don't know what it is about you people. Don't get offended. I know it's 2020. Everyone has to get offended. But Florida, you guys are the kings of weird news and weird shit happening. I don't know what it is. Something in the air down there. Beautiful state, but some weird shit and some weird people. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, PBC on Fox announced their schedule Saturday night. And I'll talk about the card, uh, Jamal James and Thomas DeLorme. I covered that card for, uh, for Ring Magazine, for Ring TV, I should say. And, you know, I was watching the broadcast, posted two articles that night, uh, one for the co-main, one for the main event. Make sure you go check them out at ringtv.com. But uh, I was expecting, you know, an interesting announcement about this, you know, PBC on Fox schedule. Because, look, a couple weeks ago, PBC on Showtime, they made their announcement, and that's a good schedule. I, the only critical thing I could say, you know, negative thing I could say is that the two best cards are on pay-per-view, and I don't think they're pay-per-view worthy cards, but that's the world we live in in boxing in 2020. But the PBC on Showtime schedule for the rest of the year is pretty damn solid. There are some really good fights top to bottom on that schedule all the way to the end of the year. So I was hoping to see more of the same with this PBC on Fox schedule. 
holy hell was I disappointed. The big announcement, quote-unquote, was the pay-per-view between Errol Spence and Danny Garcia, which we already knew was happening. That wasn't an announcement. That wasn't breaking news or anything. The fighters had tweeted about it on their social media. So that wasn't any big, grand announcement. And then on top of that, August 22nd, Sean Porter is going to be in a showcase fight. Uh, August 29th, this isn't a bad doubleheader. It's okay, but Irislandi Lara in a showcase fight. Alfredo Angulo and Caleb Truax, that's probably going to be pretty entertaining just because of where those guys are at in their career. And September 6th, on a Sunday, uh, Jordanius Ugas is in a pretty much a showcase fight. And look, I'm a fan of Ugas. I, I like Jordanius Ugas because I'm a fan of Sean Porter. Irislandi Lara has grown on me in recent years. I wasn't a fan a few years ago, but he's gotten more exciting as, uh, as he's aged and slowed down a bit. But Ugas is one of my favorite fighters because he just, he, to me, is one of those guys that will fight anybody, and he has the right attitude. We could use more Jordanus Ugas in, in boxing. We really, really could. But I'm not crazy excited about this matchup between him and Abel Ramos for the WBA regular quote-unquote title, uh, welterweight title, I should state. So Jamal James, who, again, we'll talk about later in the show, he just won, Jamal James just won the WBA, what was it, interim welterweight title. And, of course, Manny Pacquiao has the WBA super welterweight title. So why do we need Abel and Ramos for the regular WBA title? All that can do is set up a future matchup for PBC, which, by the way, have you guys noticed recently, PBC, the WBA has went all in, man. I mean, so the welterweight division, I just gave you guys a layout there. You know, I've talked about this before, how the BA splits up their titles to have a piece with every platform in each division, right? They'll have an interim belt with a a matchroom guy, and they'll have their regular belt with a PBC guy and the super title with uh, a top-ranked guy. But in several divisions now, all three of their belt holders are PBC guys. Welterweight division, all three of these WBA welterweight champions are PBC guys. So the WBA, I don't know what changed there, but they have went all in with the PBC business. I mean, they're more invested in the PBC than the WBC is right now. And the WBC was PBC territory for the longest time. I mean, you saw how they hooked up Deontay Wilder for years. And there were other guys. Adana Stevenson had a mandatory for 307 years and never had to fight him. I mean, so the BC helped PBC out for years, and the WBA is all in. In fairness, okay, because I don't want to be accused of being a PBC hater here, the WBO, that's obviously top ranks organization. You guys know what I call the WBO, right? We're Bob's organization. So it's interesting to see these sanctioning bodies buying into certain platforms shamelessly. What's crazy, though, is... The WBA has three different titles in one division, and they're all with the same promotional outfit. So you're going to get when Jamal James fights, when Jordanus Ugas fights, because he's going to beat Abel Ramos, and when Manny Pacquiao fights next, they're all going to be called the welterweight champion by the PBC on Fox or PBC on Showtime crew. There will be no distinction made and no explanation for the WBA's insanity. Oh, I love it. Boxing in 2020. So anyway, the rest of this schedule, it was a bunch of TBAs to be announced. So that was pretty much this schedule. It was, hey, we're going to have all these dates and someone will fight on these dates. So mark your calendars for this date. 
because two guys are going to fight, and it's going to be awesome. That was pretty much what they told us. Um, no mention of Manny Pacquiao. No mention of Deontay Wilder. So you got to figure that if they can make the third fight between Fury and Wilder a reality late this year, and we don't know yet. It depends on the Rona, on the COVID. Whatever happens with COVID-19 and fans being able to go to the fights and all that, if fans can't go to the fights, sorry, you're not getting that third fight this year. It's going to be pushed to early next year. But if that happens this year, that's going to be PBC on Fox pay-per-view. And regardless if we get Wilder and Fury the third time this year or not, if Pacquiao fights this year, that's going to be on pay-per-view as well. So you guys are getting possibly four or five pay-per-views from PBC toward the end of the year. You're getting at least three, but as much as five within a three, yeah, three-month period, four-month period. Crazy. And then I still think Lomachenko and, um, and Lopez will happen October 3rd, and I think that will be a pay-per-view too. And if top rank, obviously, they're involved in the Fury Wilder, the third fight there. So there's a possibility top rank is giving you a couple of pay-per-views too. So you guys are going to have to pay for these good fights. You're getting some good matchups down the stretch, but you're going to pay for it. But, man, this schedule, I mentioned it, again, not to beat up on PBC. I just talked about how great the PBC on Showtime schedule was. That is a solid lineup. I don't like that the two fights, the two best cards are on pay-per-view, but I understand it with the economics involved. Good schedule on Showtime. Fox, that's a tough sell. That's not a very good schedule. And I mention it because where are the schedule bros, right, On, on boxing Twitter? The schedule bros who are beating the hell out of top rank and their series during July or June and July suddenly have disappeared with this PBC on Fox schedule. They're gone. So, again, the fanagers, the schedule bros, where'd you guys go? If you can beat up on top rank, and I get it. That Look, top rank in June and July, I don't think they were trying to lie to anybody. They told you what it was. That was a, devel- a developmental series. It was mostly prospects. It was a lot of their gatekeepers and fringe, uh, fringe contender-level guys staying busy. That's what those fights were. The second wave of top-ranked series is going to have better fights, and that's, come- that's starting at the end of this month. But, man, some of the same people criticizing during that time just kind of disappeared recently, and I just hate when that happens, man, because you guys know all I want, all I ask for – is consistency. Okay, let's uh, let's jump over to the phones here. I think our guests are on the show. Let's see if uh, they can hear me. Hey, what's up, man? The Barrientes Twins. What's up, guys? How you doing? Okay. We're doing good. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. You guys can hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you fine. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so is it Angel or Angel? Uh, I just go by Angel. Angel and Chavez. Okay, so Angel is AK-47, and Chavez is the beast. Uh, Both of you guys just turned 18 years old and uh, signed with – you signed with PBC earlier this year, correct? Uh, Yeah, we were going with PBC, not signed yet, but uh, we're working yet. Okay, so you're not signed yet 100%, but you're working on it. Yes, sir. Okay, so I know you guys are – I think you have to get uh, your medicals later today, right? So I know you don't have long. Yeah. 
Yeah, in about 15 minutes, uh, we have to get our medicals. So do you guys have any idea if you're going to be on any of the upcoming PBC shows yet? Have you guys discussed that? Yeah, uh, we're working on it. We have a, a fight coming up at the end of the month. It's not announced yet, but we have one coming up soon. Okay, cool. So you do have a fight this month in August. Now, yes, sir. your first two fights were, uh, I think one was last year, one was early this year in, in Tijuana. You guys weren't yeah. even 18 yet, so you yeah. had to go down to TJ to fight. Now, where is this fight going to be yeah. this month? Uh, this month, um, I've heard uh, it's going to be in, um, I'm pretty sure it might be in LA, but nothing's for sure yet. They're still telling us... Uh, when we're going to fight, who we're going to fight and stuff. So we're just waiting on the final confirmation. Okay. But it's going to be in the United States. Yeah, yeah it's going to be in the U.S. for sure. Okay, cool. So I want to um, tell the listeners a little bit about you guys. You guys were born in Honolulu, but you moved to Las Vegas as kids. How old were you when you moved to Vegas? Uh, well, we grew up, um, I mean, we grew up in Vegas. Uh, we lived in Honolulu probably for like two years, two, three years, and we moved to Vegas and uh, Vegas pretty much where we raised. We're born in Hawaii. Okay. And your dad is Mexican and your mom's Filipina? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. You guys must have amazing food in your house. Holy shit. Yeah, that's yeah. a good mix. <laughs> yeah, that's a good mix. That's a hell of a mix for boxing too, man. So, uh, well, okay, I know yeah, that your yeah. dad your dad boxed a little bit, right? And he's who got you into boxing. Is that correct? Uh. Yeah, yep. I was actually uh, I was actually named after Julio Cesar Chavez. So yeah, my dad's been uh, around the boxing game for a long time. So yeah, when we were seven, he put us into a boxing gym, and yeah, it was just his yeah. Team. He's always been a fan of uh, boxing, and uh, when he, when we were younger, he wanted us to get in uh, the sport. So he took us to a couple classes. Sooner or later, he learned more about boxing and opened his own gym. So we've been training with him ever since we were little. So he had his own gym. Yeah, yeah, he still has his own gym today. It's called Pound for Pound Boxing. Okay, yeah, Pound for Pound Boxing. So, so he still runs that gym today, and that's in Vegas. Yeah, it's uh, still open. It's been. Uh, he's had a gym out here for about ten years. Uh, so, it's it's located in Vegas. Yeah. That's awesome. What about your mom? Does she like boxing at all? Does she like Manny Pacquiao or Nonito Donaire, or does she not know anything about it? Uh, no, she's been around boxing ever since we were little, but, yeah, she says she likes it. She just, uh, you know, she gets nervous. You know how mom Yeah, is. how every mom's going to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to, like, is your mom, yeah. my mom's crazy. Like, when when boxing's on, she yells at the TV and everything, yo, get him, get him. But, like, is your mom, does yeah, she, like, yeah. not watch your fights or or, or what? Uh, no, my mom, um, she just watches Yeah, they know, we work, we, they know we work hard. They know what we're going to do in this. You know, of course, they're nervous, but. They're just how you're saying, screaming at the TV and everything. <laughs> okay. Well, Angel, so so far, I think you, you're at junior featherweight, but Chavez, you're at junior lightweight. Like, some of your fights, you've been a little heavier. Are you guys going to yeah. try to fight in the same division, or how's that going to work? Yeah, um, actually, yeah, uh, my last fight was at 124. That was just because my opponent in Mexico told me at 124. But uh, for our next fight, we're both going to fight at 122. Okay, so yeah. you guys are going to try to both fight at 122. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are both 5'11". You're crazy tall for that division. Um, do yeah, you have any yeah, trouble yeah, making yeah, that weight? Uh, actually, uh, 
uh, the weight's pretty easy. Uh, we're both 5'11", you know. Um, we, we don't walk around too high. We don't walk around too low, you know. So uh, the weight's pretty easy to make. So I want to ask, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was 17 and I'm a senior in high school. I was being an idiot, hanging out with my friends in the street, doing yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. You guys are going down to Tijuana and having a professional fight while your friends are going to the prom or something. Like, can you just describe what yeah. that was like and how did you stay disciplined? Uh, throughout high school, we actually did three years of our online school. So we did our uh, freshman uh, freshman, sophomore and junior year uh, for online school. So we actually only went to one year of high school. So okay. uh, that's how we were able to uh, keep this, the distractions away. So it was basically homeschooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. basically. We and just, then, uh, yeah, our last year was uh, we went to regular public school. So, you know, uh, all of our friends watched us box too. So it was pretty cool. Interesting. Okay. So let, yeah. tell me a little bit about some of the differences between you guys. Cause you know, that's always the running joke with twins, you know? So I know Chavez, you're 13 yeah. minutes older. Besides that, yeah. what are the differences between you guys? Uh, I'll, I'll just say our, our, um, style wise, I'd say my brother likes to, uh, land his shots and sit a little bit in more. And I'll say I'm a little bit more technical fighter than him. And that's Chavez talking, right? Yeah, no, that was Angel talking. Oh, that was Angel talking. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm mixing you yeah, guys yeah, up yeah. already. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, people people say I sit in more, or I like to sit in more, and Angel's more of a boxer. So that's okay. how you can tell us apart in the ring. But throughout, like, if you're just by looks, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell uh, from your first look. I'm trying to think of uh, if I've ever known of any Mexican Filipino boxers. Um, just having such such a cool heritage, a mix of heritage. Um, do you guys think yeah. that that's going to help you in terms of marketing yourself to a broader oh, fan base? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, a lot of Filipinos like like my, Manny Pacquiao. We got a huge Mexican uh, crowd for boxing, so both of them are pretty big. Even like, our crowd. Hawaiian side too. We're born in Hawaii, Mexican Filipino. So you know, we rep at every one of our cultures. You know. Hawaii culture is so like laid back. I'm just trying to think of, you know, yeah. how do you uh, turn that switch from being very laid back, like, you know, and, and getting in the ring and then yeah. turn on that killer switch. Yeah. I mean, Hawaii, Hawaii loves the fight game too. Uh, yeah, like, Hawaii's, uh, see, uh, like Max Holloway gets a big phone from his hometown, Hawaii. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to get that big uh, crowd going once we start fighting. Who are some of your favorite fighters? Like, was there anybody growing up that you were huge fans of or, like, styles you'd try to e emulate? Uh, I would say our, our all-time favorite, favorite for both of us is Manny Pacquiao. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, always been an inspiration. He's humble, and, and he's a great fighter, and uh, he knows how to let his hands go, and, and he's just a, a, like, good guy inside and out the ring. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao. I'm actually doing a story on him yeah. for Ring Magazine right now. I talked to uh, Freddie Roach over yeah, the weekend. Yeah. Man, he's been a champion uh, in four different decades. Yeah, that's yeah, that's insane. I'm... Especially just fighting this last year against uh, Thurman. His name. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've been fighting against him. He, you know, he, he's 40 years old and still beating on this crazy knocking down. Yeah, he's still a great fighter today. Yeah. I've been at such an old age for yeah, boxing. He's just, he's just an inspiration. Absolutely.
I'm 41, so it's an inspiration for old people like me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. How he can still go 12 rounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the best. I mean, he's still one of the best welterweights in the world. That's crazy. Um, for yeah, you guys, yeah, what, do you, what kind of goals do you have over the next 12 months? And then thinking long term, five years down the road, where do you guys see yourselves? champion so as soon as um we start to get the ball rolling and we and we fight and, and we work hard i think we could uh, make that happen and um i would say for the long run you know we just want to be the best and we want to be multiple world champions and and be one of the best in the sport yeah i'm trying uh, i'm trying to do it like manny how manny pacquiao did get it uh have an eight division world championship it's crazy just have a, uh, a world championship in every single different weight class I love it, man. I, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I think when you say when you talk about being the youngest t- champions, you're talking about the youngest brothers champions, right? Yeah, youngest brothers and and, and youngest if we can make it happen. Because we're only 18 right now, so if we keep on working at the pace we're doing, you know, it, it can happen. Did you guys follow the Marquez brothers or the Klitschko brothers growing up? Uh, yeah, not as much as because they were a little older, uh, older generation than us. Yeah, but I I really like the Charlos, you know, watching them. I feel like we could be as great as them or even better. Yeah, I mean the Charlos is actually a better comparison now that I'm thinking about it because uh-huh. the Marquez brothers, the yeah. Klitschko brothers, they weren't um, they weren't twins, but the Charlo brothers are twins. So, um, yeah, what, twins. what do you see that like? Did you guys watch the Charlos come up and see some of the ways they marketed themselves? Did that give you any ideas to work off of? Uh, yeah, um, they're a perfect example. You know, they're twins just like us. So I would say they're a great example of um, what we're trying to do and even better. You know, they're great fighters. So we uh, look up to them, too. They're both great fighters. And you guys mentioned earlier that um, you're going to probably be signing with PBC pretty soon. What made you decide to yeah, go we're with – I'm sorry, what was that? I said, yeah, we're working with PBC right now. Right. What What made you decide on PBC versus other promoters? Is there something you saw with the way they did business that you liked? Yeah, uh, we have a great uh, team behind us, Bob Santos. You know, he's working with PBC. So, uh, yeah, we have a great team behind us right now uh, trying to get us these fights, and uh, they also work with PBC. So, uh, Louis the Cubist, right. they're all behind us. So, yeah. So those guys are hooking you up. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you have a great team. You're, you guys are putting together. You have a great head on your shoulders. I wish you guys the best of luck. We'll definitely have you back on the show. I know you got to get over to uh, take care of your medicals. So thank you so much for being on the yeah, show. Thank Before I let you guys yeah, go, could you, uh, could you let everyone know what your, your uh, social media is so they could follow you? I know you guys have Instagram accounts. So. Yeah, yeah, mine is, um, my Instagram is Angel L. Barrientes, and uh, my my Instagram is Chavez Barrientes, at Chavez Barrientes, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter again. Yeah, me too, same as well. Angel, just my name, Angel L. Barrientes, on Twitter, Angel Barrientes, so yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. All right, have a good one. All right, bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, some of you guys I saw, I just got in the chat here, uh, and you're, you're a little late to the chat. That was Angel and Chavez Barrientes. They are 18-year-old prospects, twins, 
twin brothers born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, grew up in Las Vegas, though. Mexican father, Filipina mother. They've been boxing since they were seven. Really good amateur careers. They had some uh, multiple. I think between the two of them, they won like several dozen tournaments, including some nationals. So these kids got a lot of potential. And you can hear from the interview, they're pretty good on the mic. I mean, that that interview flowed pretty good. Um, So definitely, I think there's a lot of potential there. They have a good publicist. They have a good manager. They have good people around them. And we should see them on some PBC cards very, very soon. I'm hoping one of those PBC on Fox uh, TBA dates, I'm hoping that the Berlietes brothers could be on there because uh, that would be a great showcase for them, like on Fox Sports 1, something like that. But um, awesome story. I, I mean, just think, how many boxers do you know from Honolulu with a, you know, a Mexican-Filipino mix, grew up in Las Vegas, uh, twin brothers, same weight division, Sometimes you get, you know, again, with the Klitschko brothers, with the Marquez brothers, uh, they're not twins. The Charlos are twins. And I think that adds an extra wrinkle that makes it a little more fun when you got twin brothers. Uh, So in terms of marketing, if you're a boxing manager, a boxing publicist, these two kids are like a a wet dream for a promoter. I mean, there's so much to market there. There's so many. uh, There's just a good story there. But uh, they fight right now at 122 pounds. That's probably where they're going to be for a while. And um, let's see. Their dad's been running a gym, pound-for-pound boxing gym in Las Vegas for 10 years. They mostly did uh, homeschooling through high school so that they could uh, focus on boxing. Whenever I hear of young guys being that focused on boxing, and remember, these two guys had two pro fights at 17 years old. I think of what an undisciplined bag of shit I was at that age. These kids are doing professional fights where you got to make weight, you got to protect yourself. you got to be in shape. That's pretty damn amazing. And they just graduated high school. In fact, I should have asked them about that because uh, they graduated during the COVID pandemic. That had to be interesting. But I enjoyed that uh, intro- introduction to those guys. So we'll definitely have them back on. So uh, real quick, Super Chat Pledge. Let me get up there and make sure I give uh, Harrison Property his credit. Thank you so much for the Super Chat Pledge, my man. He says, Frank Warren is super keen to match Dillian White against Daniel Dubois before the year's end. Now, that would be an intriguing matchup. Thanks, Mike. That would be an intriguing matchup. I don't think Dubois is ready for someone like Dillian White. Remember, the plan was, is tell me if I'm wrong here, guys, if I'm uh, forgetting something, but I know the plan was uh, Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce. And I think that is a really good step up for both of those fighters, particularly for Dubois. Neither one of them is quite ready for Dillian White, who's a seasoned heavyweight veteran. I think clearly a top five heavyweight. He's been in with some of the best in the world, and he's proven that he belongs. So I don't think either of them is ready for that. Now, the winner between Dubois and Joyce gets a little closer to that. Maybe one more fight after that. Then maybe you could talk about Dillian White. But uh, let's see. Uh, GEMJ in the chat says, Dubois knocks out Joe Joyce based on his last performance. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying that. And for the record, I've always favored Daniel Dubois in that matchup. I'm high on Daniel Dubois. I think sky's the limit with him. We just got to see if he can take a punch. But um, don't judge too much on just the last performance. I mean, look at what Joe Joyce has done collectively. Look at the totality of his work. He still poses a significant challenge and a significant step up for Daniel Dubois. 
and he's going to have to be careful because Joyce is a big, strong guy. I know he moves slow like he's underwater, but he does throw punches and bunches from crazy angles. And I've always said Joyce has that kind of comfort and relaxed state in the ring, and that makes a guy dangerous, particularly in the later rounds. Okay. We talked about uh, the ratings bros. I talked about the schedule bros. So that's news and notes. Let's get down to the review. If you guys want to get on the phones, you know the number. If not, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, last Friday, August 7th, there was a card on DAZN from Fight Camp in Brentwood, England. A good, solid female fight. A rematch is certainly warranted. Terry Harper, this is the first defense of her unified 130-pound titles. Split draw with Natasha Jones. Uh, Judges had it 96-94, 95-96, and 95-95. So it really was truly split right down the middle, uh, three different ways. So uh, I'm good with the draw. Good, solid scrap. Now, people are calling this the fight of the year. Let's not go too far here, okay? It's the same thing with Eggington Cheeseman a couple weeks ago, where people are calling that the fight of the year. Good, solid scrap, not the fight of the year. So far, I don't think because of COVID and everything that happened, I just don't think anything is going to top the Fury-Wilder rematch. You guys got to think about the stage that was fought on and the performance Fury gave us and the bravery and heart Deontay Wilder showed us by staying on his feet and never giving up. Uh, I I get it. It was completely one-sided. But because it was for the heavyweight championship, It was a rematch, a highly anticipated rematch. It exceeded expectations. It broke through to the casual fan, to the mainstream sports media. So far, that's the fight of the year. If I'm forgetting one, correct me, you know, or or let me know. But I I just, I think that's the fight of the year. Now, September, October, November, December, we got some good matchups coming. We got a couple good pay-per-view matchups. Charlo Derevianchenko, Charlo Rosario, like those are good, solid matchups. So you have to figure uh, Lomachenko Lopez, if that comes off, one of those is probably going to be fight of the year. We shall see. But anyway, Harper and Jonas, good female scrap. Wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. I think it'll happen. Also, there's some weird Twitter beef between Michaela Mayer and Harper and Harper's trainer, Steffi Bull. I think Michaela Mayer wants a shot at Harper. Harper has other plans. I don't necessarily blame her right now at this stage. Uh, she's probably going to do a lot better financially rematching Natasha Jonas doing that fight again over in the UK. Uh, there's probably no rush to fight Michaela Mayer, but they've had an interesting Twitter beef going back and forth for the Twitter beef bros. Go check that out. Uh, people wrote Jonas off after a TKO four loss in 2018, but she has improved since that loss and she proved that she belonged in that har- that fight with Harper. How either of those two do against Michaela Mayer. I don't know. But I'd like to see the winner eventually fight Michaela Mayer. That's a good, solid fight. I'd like to see it. Hopefully that could happen in the States. Okay, Saturday, August 8th in Los Angeles. PBC on Fox. This is the show that I covered for ringtv.com. In the main event, Jamal James scores a unanimous decision win over Thomas Delorme. Wins the vacant interim WBA welterweight title. I talked about the WBA's insanity at welterweight. All with the same promoter. They have three different titles that are going to go to the exact same promoter. That's insane. Uh, The WBA is an absolute freaking joke. I like Jamal James. He's a good, solid, top 15 heavy or welterweight. But he's not a top 10 welterweight. And I don't think he's going to beat any of the top guys. He's just not at that level. 
Maybe I'll be proven wrong, all right? But I just don't see him as that guy. Now, I favor James. Remember, last week, I, I thought James was going to beat Delorme. This was a good matchup on paper. It was a good, solid matchup. But I favored James. But I just don't see him as one of those top echelon welterweights. We shall see. We shall see. Super middleweight action in the co-main. Very impressive performance by the young Cuban, David Morrell. Improved to 3-0. and This is the first time he went to distance in a good step-up fight against an experienced veteran from Guyana, Lennox Allen. He wins the vacant interim WBA super middleweight title. All of these PBC shows are flooded with WBA belts. I don't know what deal they made together, but they're working together. That is for damn show. It's just like if you turn on top rank on ESPN, there's going to be a WBO title somewhere in the mix. Anyway, Morel is on the fast track. He's only 22 years old. Uh, good Cuban amateur. Wasn't a great Cuban amateur, but a good one. I'd put him at the level of a Louis, Luis Ortiz, you know, good domestic level Cuban amateur, which puts him ahead of 90% of amateurs out there. Maybe it's 70, 80%, but it's not the same as being an Olympic, you know, type of amateur where you're fighting against the best in the world all the time. He wasn't quite at that level in terms of his accomplishments, but a good amateur fought briefly in the world series of boxing, pretty good size for the super middleweight division. His only issue, he lacks elite level power. Now he just went pro. He's only got three professional fights, but he needs to learn to sit down on his punches and uh, set it up a little bit better. And perhaps he could get a little more grown-ass manpower into his punches as a professional. We shall see. But right now, I think that will hinder him against the best super middleweights in the world. If, any, if there is any way he could cut off eight pounds and get down to middleweight, I think he'd be a killer. But I just don't think he can make 160 pounds. So that was it for last week. Uh, let's jump to this week, the preview. We got cards on a few different nights here. Uh, Wednesday, August 12th, an MTK Global card picked up from the UK, uh, picked up by ESPN+. Plus. So if you got the plus, you could check that out. I think Jono Carroll is on that card, I do believe. Uh, Friday, August 14th, there's a matchroom card from uh, Brentwood from Fight Camp on the Zone. And there's a Telemundo card from Florida, the land of crazy, wacky news. And Saturday, August 15th, we got a few different shows. Uh, top rank, uh, a cross promotion between, between top rank and Queensberry promotions. That is Frank Warren's promotional outfit. You guys know Grandpa Bob and Grandpa Frank have a deal together. They're doing a card from London on ESPN Plus that features Michael Conlon and Carl Frampton. I might as well go ahead and uh, spoiler alert, Michael Conlon is going to be on our show next week. He will be the guest on next week's show. So we'll have Michael Conlon on after his fight this Saturday over in London. That should be a lot of fun to have Michael Conlon on the show. If you guys have any questions for him, get him in now, and uh, I'll get him on the show. Also, uh, Matchroom USA making their post-corona return from Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is a decent little card. Now, the buzzkill is that the main event got scrapped, but this is still a fun little card. Israel Madrimov, 5-0 and prospect, one of my favorite prospects, really super high on Madrimov. Going up against Louisiana-born Eric Walker. You might remember that name from The Contender. He was on, what was it, season three, four, whatever it was, of The Contender. 
37 years old. He has two losses on his record, but he's never been stopped. Guess what? He's going to get stopped in this fight. Israel Madrimov is going to knock out Eric Walker. Now, not the greatest matchup in the world, I understand, but Madrimov has five professional fights. So this is a solid fight, given the circumstances, and I expect Madrimov to take care of business. Also, females, Cecilia Brekus and Jessica McCaskill uh, fighting for Brekus's undisputed unified welterweight championship. This is a solid female scrap, guys. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit here and shit all over female boxing. I'm also not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a mega fan of female boxing. But it is becoming a larger part of the discussion. And I'm talking about it and covering it more and more because it is becoming a larger part of the discussion. And when these, some of these girls can really, really fight. And when they can fight, you owe it to yourself and to them to check it out. This will be a fight worth checking out. Trust me, okay? Uh, McCaskill, I've met her. I know her trainer, Rick Ramos, super good dude. Last time we were up in Chicago, we, we uh, talked with them, had interviewed them. Uh, McCaskill, good story to her. Started at 135. She won titles at 140 in her, her last couple fights, and this will be at 147. So obviously, Brekus has the size advantage here. McCaskill's a little younger, a little fresher, but Brekus should be favored because she's more experienced, more championship-level experience, and she's the bigger athlete. So either way, that's a good, solid matchup. Also, uh, Chakram Giasoff, 140-pound prospect, super high on him. He is on that card. And Nikita Abibi, 160-pound prospect, who looks pretty good. I'm just not 100% sold yet. I'm not like as high on Nikita Abibi as I am on Israel Madrimov, uh, Jerron Butsenis, Virgil Ortiz, guys like that. Just not there yet with him. But uh, maybe he'll sell me at some point here. And then PBC on Showtime from Connecticut. Uh, second week in a row, it's interestingly enough, I was looking at like box rec to try to just pick up a few stats here you know, for the show. And this card was not even listed on box rec this morning. And it was the same thing last week with the Jabal James, Thomas Delorme cards. So I don't know what's going on, but these PBC cards are not making it to the schedule officially until very, very late in the process. But anyway, uh, this is PBC on Showtime. Decent card. I'm actually most excited about the heavyweight fight, even though I don't consider any of those two heavyweights a top 10 guys. But uh, the main event, David Benavidez defending his WBC super middleweight title against Romar Alexis Angulo. That's a decent scrap. And Rolando Romero fighting Jackson Marinez for the vacant interim, guessed it, WBA lightweight title. Because not only is it vacant, it's also interim because the WBA just can't help themselves. And then Otto Valin versus Travis Kaufman. Now, I don't know if either of those two guys, I mean, Kaufman's not even a top 20 heavyweight. Valin isn't top 10. I don't know if he's top 15. He might be. Maybe I'm selling him short. But that's just going to be a fun matchup just because of who's fighting. When you get two top 10 to 20 level heavyweights in there, generally speaking, it's going to be fun. I hope that uh, I'm not proven wrong there. I hope that that's a fun fight. Okay, let's jump over to the phones here. We got a caller. 317. 317. You're on TNC. Go. Hello, this is Katie Taylor. I just wanted to say, Mike, I'm a big fan of your show. Uh, uh, hey, it's Jeff. Oh, shit. Dude. <laughs> 
I, you had me going for a second, man. I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, holy hell. <laughs> Oh my God! I didn't know. I did, I I thought I thought a few different things went through my head. Anyway, go ahead, brother. That was great, man. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, man. It's just been a while since I've been on your show. Just wanted to stop in. Uh, no, you know what I've been doing lately because uh, I've been uh just you know playing video games and just listening to your podcast uh afterwards. But I was like, okay. you know what? I need to I need to start watching these live again. And uh. You know, man, uh, real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts because uh, when I talk to you, I feel like I really get the stuff out of you, you know, the information out of you. Like sometimes <laughs> uh, uh, I- I'm able to juice the answer out of you. Like some people just ask, like, you know, some boxing reporters ask fighters, like not the right questions. So uh, the Derry Vinchenko, uh charlo fight, I cannot wait for that. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, dude, I, I, I keep going back and forth on that. The The only question I have with that fight, because I'm super, super excited about it too. On paper, that's a 50-50 fight. The X factor, what we don't know, is what's left with Derevyanchenko because he's had three tough distance fights in a row. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks on the show. Uh, Jacobs, Kolke, and then Golovkin. People made so much out of you know how many punches Golovkin took in that fight, and he did. But, dude, if you looked at Derevyanchenko after that fight, his face was messed up for a week. He took a lot of punishment against Triple G. So I just wonder where he's at right now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, You know, because I've been doing these punch count videos and, like, uh, editing these fights. Man, Charlo, uh, I mean, uh, not Charlo, Derevyanchenko took a lot of hard shots by Triple G. I have no clue how he stayed up for some of those. Like, uh, round three, there was, like, this shot. Uh, Golovkin just threw a one, two, three. A left hook perfectly snapped his, hit him on the temple and snapped his head back perfectly. And then uh, Golovkin like came back with a with a, a jab. And then uh, it, it's like that overhand right he does that he turns into a right hook. He landed them both perfectly, yeah, and okay. Derevyanchenko just took it right up. And then uh, you know I'm leaning towards uh, Derevyanchenko. I find it hard that like hard to believe that Charlo will knock him out, but uh, I could see. I could see Derek Macheco stopping him to the body, possibly. I that that's the thing, man. Like, there's so many different possibilities for this fight. Because I could see Derevyanchenko stopping Charlo to the body. Although Derevyanchenko's not a crazy hard puncher. Here's where I here's where I put on my business of boxing cap, okay? Business of boxing, yeah. Charlo's the A side, Charlo's the guy that the promoter, the promotion wants to push. So that tells me that Derevyanchenko needs to at least drop Charlo to get a decision. We've seen Charlo win a close, debatable decision already against uh, you know a, a lesser fighter than Derevyanchenko. So I, can Derevyanchenko stop Charlo? That's going to be hard. Charlo, though, can stop Derevyanchenko, and here's why I say that. Derevyanchenko showed an awesome chin, it, it, not only in the Triple G fight, but some of those other fights I mentioned, but especially against Triple G. But, dude, if you keep banging the shit out of granite with a sledgehammer, it's eventually going to crack. And once you get one crack, boom, you can start chipping away at it. And then once you get chips going, you can bash right through it. So I, I used to work in concrete, all right? So I, it's just a, that's the metaphor that works for me. So do we know, has Drevyanchenko taken so much punishment that he's got a crack in that granite? It, could Charlo be the guy to bust it open? That's what I wonder about. 
Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Uh, I cannot wait for that fight. Like, yeah. that's a good like card, my, man. Like my patience is like, what'd you say? That that's a good card. That's a really good card. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I haven't seen uh, uh, J Rock and Rosario fight. Uh, I've seen the like highlights. You you saw the uh, full fight, right? Yeah. Was it like domination the whole way through, or was it just like competitive up into the fifth round? It, it was pretty it was much. It was pretty much a domination by Rosario. I don't know if J-Rock just had a bad night or if it was a bad style matchup. I don't know if J-Rock had trouble cutting weight and didn't do it the right way. I really don't know, but he did not look on his A-game. Rosario just kind of mowed him down. J-Rock had some good rounds early, but he could not keep Rosario off of him. Rosario just went through everything J-Rock hit him with. Mm, I cannot wait for that fight either. I, I'm probably going to go right now and watch uh, the J-Rock and uh, Rosario fight. But, uh, yeah, man, great stuff. Uh, I'm going to go eat some Chick-fil-A and uh, keep up the great stuff, man. Chick-fil-A is awesome, brother. All right, man, we'll talk soon. I know. Yes, sir. <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye. All right. <laughs> there he goes with for his Chick-fil-A. Hey, man, Chick-fil-A is freaking amazing. There is one half a mile from me. I live kind of right off like a main road, like a highway here. And at the corner of these two big, you know, this big intersection, there is a Chick-fil-A. And it's one of those ones that has two lines. And both lines are wrapped around the building All is the, every minute that place is open. And I think about it, it's closed on Sunday, and yet they're still kicking everybody else's ass. McDonald's, you know, all the other ones. If you're doing that good to where you could be closed for a day and still be beating the shit out of everybody, there's got to be something to it. So, yeah, Chick-fil-A, not that they're a sponsor or anything, but, you know, hey, I got to give them a shout. Pretty damn good. Uh, Super Chat Pledge from Harrison Property once again. Thank you so much, brother. He says, touching on the point you made earlier, Mike, Frank Warren is an adamant, oh, is adamant Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder must happen before the end of this year. I saw that interview. I saw that. And... It's interesting, man. Yeah, I agree with Frank Warren. It's like, dude, let's do that fight this year. Let's let's get that third fight between Fury and Wilder out of the way while uh, Anthony Joshua takes care of, of his mandatory obligation against Kubrat Pulev because the sooner they get all that stuff out of the way, the sooner we can get out with the business of boxing and try to get the winners to face each other next year. Now, you guys have heard that apparently – Fury and and Joshua have agreed in principle, quote-unquote, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to fight twice next year. We can't get that unless we get that third fight between Fury and Wilder out of the way, and then we get some mandatory situations out of the way. So I'm with Frank on that one. I I think that I would like to see that fight by the end of the year. Hopefully we get uh, PBC on Fox, pay-per-view, unfortunately, Wilder and Fury part three this year, even if it's December and all those TBA dates that they gave you on the PBC and Fox schedule announcement. uh, Maybe one of those TBAs can be filled with that fight. I hope so. Super chat pledge from Trent Nanparil. Awesome. 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 That you're on the chat, brother. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, who's your 130 pound prospect? Archie Sharp, Xavier Martinez, Raleigh Romero, and I guess I consider Colbert a contender. Yes, I like Chris Colbert too. Um, Archie Sharp, I was just looking at him today. I was watching some of his stuff today. 
I'm going to look up Xavier Martinez. Xavier Martinez. Let's check him out. I had Curtis Harper's profile pulled up. 15-0 and 0 out of Sacramento, California, fighting Claudio Marrero, October 10th. You know, dude, you, you look at who Xavier Martinez has fought so far. Pretty good. He's got some decent guys on that uh, resume so far for a prospect at his level. If he handles business against Claudio Marrero, that's a big deal, dude. Um, he's fought two 10-rounders already, but both of them he ended early. But he fought uh, John Morald, uh, TKO3, decent win. But uh, Jesse Rosales, that's a pretty good win, KO1. So he looks like the goods, man. He looks like the goods for show. Uh, only 22 years old. Out of that list, I might have to go with Xavier Martinez, my man. But um, I do like Chris Colbert. I, I think that he's definitely – let me see here. Because I'm trying to think, who did he beat earlier this year? I know he fought recently too. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jezreel Corrales. So here's the only – okay. I want to say Chris Colbert is a little further ahead of all these guys because of who he's fought. But that lack of power bothers me, man. In the professional boxing, you need power. And Xavier's got that power over Colbert. I like Colbert's boxing style, you know, and everything. Uh, that win over Jezreel Corrales, that's a really, really good win. And technically, it was for an interim WBA, blah, blah, blah. Man, these interim WBA titles, Jesus Christ, they're all over the place. They're like freaking mosquitoes. They're everywhere. But um, I, I got to go with Xavier, man, because he's got, he's got that. He seems to. Now, we'll see as he steps up. But he seems to have that fight-changing kind of power that in the professional ranks can bail you out of some bad situations. If you don't have that and you're having an off night, if you're a slick boxer and you had a rough camp, cutting weight and everything, you're having a rough night, it's going to be even rougher. But if you're having a rough night and you still got that eraser, Remember Andy Lee? How many times did Andy Lee's southpaw hook get him out of a jam? I mean, several. Probably more than I could count with one hand. And not necessarily just scoring knockouts, but just getting a guy off of him when you needed a breather. So having that extra level of power in the pro game, it, it, it matters. It matters a lot. So, yeah. Uh, Jack Alter in the chat, he says, Chick-fil-A and Montero on Monday. What an elite day, boys. There you have it. There you have it. Guys, I think we're going to end on that note because I'm like, I want to go get Chick-fil-A now, Jack. You see what you just did to me, man? Um, yeah, guys, we're going we're gonna to punch out here. Let me get the uh, outro music going. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview with the Barriates brothers, Angel and Chavez. Angel's AK-47. And Chavez is the beast. They're both 2-0, and they both will have their third fight on the same card later this month. I'm guessing it'll be on one of these PBC shows, whether it's on Fox or uh, Fox Sports 1. So, um, yeah, man, I think those kids have a ton of potential. Make sure you check them out and follow them. All right, guys? Other than that, uh, we'll do it again next week. Michael Conlin will be on the show next week. And then we're probably going to have Raul Marquez from Showtime on the following week. So we got a great lineup of guests on the show. We're putting it all together here, just like we put together those combinations. All right? Uh, I'll see you at the fights, okay? We'll do it again next week, guys. Have a good one.